coming. Here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying co-worker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort, slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Hey there, welcome to the Mailbag Podcast here on HawkFanatic.com. I'm your host, Rob Howe. We're recording on Tuesday, April the 5th, a little bit before noon. And as a result of that time stamp, uh, noon central time, that is, uh, if you're listening to us in, uh, in New York, California, or Guam, uh, that's central time. Um, yeah, so again, a little bit of a later recording today, which means I have already completed drinking my coffee for the day, which means that the sponsorship that we've talked about throughout the podcast, year, years of the podcast, uh, sponsorship from uh, coffee company is probably not coming my way. So um, unless I were to talk about the, the coffee that I drank prior to recording the podcast, which I'm happy to do. So if you uh, are representing a coffee company that wants to sponsor our podcast, hit me up. All right. So um, kind of in the heart of uh, spring football now, in week three, I guess. Um, so getting to the point where... Uh, Seeing a little bit more, getting a few more player interviews. We had uh, five defensive players today. Um, Noah Shannon, Logan Lee, and Joe Evans from the defensive line. Riley Moss and Kayvon Merriweather from the uh, secondary. No linebackers today. Uh, linebackers <clears throat> don't like to talk a lot, so maybe that's why. No, they probably had class conflict or something like that. I'm sure we'll talk to some of those guys, Jack Campbell, Seth Benson, Justin Jacobs down the road. Uh, but good conversation today, just like we had good conversation last week with the players. Always, uh, it's awesome to catch up with those guys after not seeing them for a while, kind of see that how they developed physically and how much more comfortable they are with doing interviews. And uh, But yeah, good group today and uh, enjoyed speaking with them. Uh, we'll get another round, I think, next the next couple. I, I, maybe just next Tuesday we get players. Uh, and then the week after that will be the week of the spring game, I believe. So we don't get players until the Saturday of the spring game slash open practice at Kinnick Stadium. That is April the 23rd. 
9.45 a.m. That's supposed to start. So a little public service announcement there for you folks. Um, not much else going on here. Um, I'm trying to think since last Tuesday if there's any news. Uh, I'm not sure if the Joe Toussaint, Josh Gendelay news had happened at that point. We talked about that on the Hotspot podcast with Scott Dockerman on Thursday. Uh, appreciate those guys. Uh, the time they afforded me for interviews during um, their time in Iowa City. So I wish those guys nothing but the best. Uh, we'll see what Iowa can do in the transfer portal. Um, so the Iowa women, I believe, were ranked seventh in the USA Today way too early women's basketball poll uh, that came out, I think, Sunday night or yesterday morning after uh, – after the uh, national championship was done, South Carolina beating UConn last night, uh, North Carolina yielded uh, a 15-point halftime lead and losing to Kansas uh, in the men's championship game. So college basketball is officially behind us. Uh, spring football, recruiting, things like that. Um, got plenty of uh, those things to talk about. Um, and I'm not sure what the questions were today. I haven't really taken a look, which is usually dangerous. I don't take a look at these questions before hitting record on my machine uh, to record this podcast. But probably a little bit slower uh, this time of year. Not a lot going on. Iowa baseball with a big series win at Michigan. Uh, Michigan, one of the Big Ten favorites coming into the season. Iowa took two out of three. Keaton Anthony, uh, again, Big Ten freshman of the week. Kid from Georgia, really like this kid. I, I've only gotten out to see one game this year, and uh, he popped out to me uh, right away as a kid that uh, has a has a nice future in this game. Uh, but his presence pretty good right now too. And uh, again, freshman of the week in the Big Ten. So a couple notes there for you folks. Uh, let's see. Let's jump in. It looks like we have a question from March thirtieth, which I believe was last. Tuesday. So this probably came in just after recording the last podcast. So good. Another PSA for you folks. Uh, anybody listening to the podcast that uh, missed this, getting in a question or comment on this week's podcast, can shoot them my way anytime on Twitter. We're using the hashtag HFmail. That's hashtag HFmail. Shoot those my way at any point during between the two times, uh, the two recordings of the podcast, and I hit them up on the next podcast and uh, sit down at Love the Hawks. Has done just that from last week. Uh, so, dumb question. What happens to players that were on scholarship, enter the portal, and don't get picked up by another school? Um, the harsh reality of that sit down is they are SOL. Uh, shit out of luck. Um, if they don't, if they don't receive a scholarship offer from another school, um, unless their previous school chooses to take them back, um, they are out of luck. I mean, if uh, he or she makes a uh, you know a poor decision like that, you feel for them. Uh, but you know, you hope everybody makes a educated decision in going into the transfer portal. But that's not always the case. I mean, some. Uh, Fardaz Amak, uh, the big guy from Utah Valley, uh, who I saw last night is set up 
several official visits. I also saw that he's trying to work something out at Iowa. We'll see if he makes it that far. Uh, he is a center from Utah Valley uh, by way of British Columbia. Um, somebody that Fran McCaffrey is trying to get out of the portal. Impressive film out of 18 and 13 uh, in that league last year. Uh, and you remember um, Grand Canyon, who Iowa played last year in the NCAA tournament, is a member of that conference. So some good players in that league. Um, but you know a guy like that going into the transfer portal is going to get picked up. But, you know, and you would hope, you know, Joe Toussaint's going to get picked up. You would think Joshua Gendelay is going to get picked up. And Fran and the staff will do everything they can to find him a future home. But there just aren't any guarantees, like most, most things in life. Um, you know, it's, it, there is a lot of, uh, there's plenty of uncertainty there. Uh, and that's scary. Um, but really, if, if you're not happy in the situation in which you find yourself, uh, maybe it's better to go in the portal, even if there isn't something else out there. Because, yeah, you're on scholarship, but if you're unhappy, uh, that probably affects your schoolwork. Um, you know, it, it affects your standing with the team, things like that, if you're not bought in at this level, because so much goes into being able to play uh, at this power five level of college athletics. So wish those guys the best, but yeah, if you go in the portal and give up your scholarship, you're at risk of not getting a scholarship anymore. And that's unfortunate, but it happens a lot. There are a lot of guys that a lot of guys and gals who go in the portal that don't find a new home and you hope that uh, you hope the best for their future, but it's a decision we all have to make. And as I said, hopefully, uh, all these kids are getting the best guidance and ed making educated decisions, but we know that's probably not 100%. So it's kind of where, where we fall on that. Uh, Drake Timbers at Drake Timbers. Good there. Drake is a regular contributor to the podcast. He asked this on April the 4th, which I believe was Sunday, when I was in the, the Des Moines capital area of the state uh, watching Club volleyball regionals. Uh, both of my daughters played um, about a 15-hour day on Saturday um, and then started at 7.30 Sunday morning and uh, got home about 8 o'clock Sunday night. So grand total of about 25 hours of watching or at least being in volleyball facilities. Uh, watched my daughters play quite a bit, but a lot of downtime there as well. Uh, tried to get some work done, but the Wi-Fi at the rec Plex, if that's in West Des Moines, at least I think that's what the address is, needs to, uh, needs to strengthen its Wi-Fi. Of course, the amount of people in there, it probably wasn't used to seeing, so certainly understandable. Um, anyway, I digress. Um, Drake Timbers sent this at Drake Timbers on Twitter on Sunday. Uh, American women's basketball player Brittany Griner is still detained by Russian authorities. Uh, yes, she is. Is that a question or a comment? <laughs> um, I don't mean, and I don't mean to laugh at, at the tweet because it's it's uh, it's kind of sad. I, I I do wonder if this were Kevin Durant or LeBron James, uh, if either of those two guys were detained by Russian authorities, if uh, if if the the U.S. government wouldn't be doing more, if there wouldn't be more pressure uh, to get either one of those gentlemen out or a number of, you know, if it was 
Tiger Woods or uh, you're trying to think of other sports. Um, uh, Tom Brady, uh, somebody like that. It just seems like there would be more coverage of it and there would be more of an urgency to get somebody out. Maybe I'm just being um, jaded in my thought process here uh, about it being a female uh, athlete uh, who's not as well known, uh, one of the best players in the world, but obviously the popularity of women's basketball isn't the same uh, generally uh, than, um, than, you know, the, the major men's sports. And so hope the best for her. Hopefully she's being taken care of there. I know they've sent diplomats over there to kind of check on her. Um, hopefully that gets resolved. It's a mess over there. Um, and then in Ukraine, I'm not going to get into the, the political aspects on this podcast, but uh, hoping the best for her and hope, hoping the best for the Ukrainians um, who are trying to stay alive, the civilians. So that's as much as I will say on that. Uh, e at NBA underscore fan underscore 2014 on Twitter asks, Will Fran replace Keegan Ogundale and Toussaint using the portal or not? Um, he said he uh, – uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the whole question. I have a tendency to just read parts of these questions initially. Um, but uh, I, sometimes the questions are connected, so I'll try to read these off. And then if, if they are separate, go back and answer, answer them separately. I need to get myself in, in the habit of doing that because sometimes I – I screw that up. Uh, will Fran replace Keegan or Gundelay and Toussaint using the portal or not? Will Iowa's loss in the tourney make it harder to get good talent from the portal if Fran uses it to replace those guys? How far will Iowa basketball and football teams go next year and preseason rankings for So, yeah, the first two questions are connected. Um, he has said that he is looking for a big guy in the portal. Um, so, whether that's Keegan or Gundelay, I think that will be replaced. I'm not sure about Tucson. They'll have um, Aaron Ulis back, and they'll have the incoming freshman uh, and DeSante Bowen coming in as true point guards. Um, you also have Perkins, who's kind of a combo guard. I don't think you want him spending a lot of time at point guard, uh, but he can play, he can absorb a few minutes there in the game and is capable of running the offense in the half court. Um, Connor McCaffrey, if he comes back as a guy who could facilitate offense in the half court, I would be more interested in them adding a shooter, um, a three-point threat uh, outside of Peyton Sanford, um, Chris Murray, and Patrick McCaffrey, all guys you hope shoot better, even even better from distance next year, but I wouldn't mind adding another shooter. Uh, It's a guards game. It's a shooter's game. Uh, it's an offensive game. Uh, I think we saw that last night again in the championship game. Uh, you got to be able to score to win. Um, and I was certainly been able to do that. But uh, you lose Keegan Murray. That's a big, that's a lot of, uh, that is a lot of production to replace. Um, Agundale really didn't, I mean, wasn't a uh, significant contributor this year. So I don't think you have to replace that. Um, Toussaint, again, talked about the point guards. Not sure which way Fran will go. I haven't talked to him recently in terms of what he's looking for in replacing 
uh, Toussaint um, and, and people on the roster. So, um, yeah, we'll kind of see how that goes. And, um, you know, I, I think definitely, I'm going to say definitely, I think the idea is getting um, getting a, a big man, uh, somebody to rebound. Uh, you know, with Rebracha back, uh, I think you have, you know, Rebracha and Mulvey uh, are solid front court players that you hope uh, make strides. Uh, and hopefully you can play um, Rebracha more at a stretch four. I think that's more of his natural position. I think we saw this year, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, I think you need more of a true five just to have somebody to compete with size in this league. So, um, yeah, I think that's the number one priority. And then, you know, go from there. What other positions can you, um, can you enhance through the transfer portal and what needs do you have? I think Fran has a better grasp on that. But could be a point guard, more likely a wing three-point shooter type and a big man. Um, I think those are kind of the, the spots you look to add uh, through uh, on this roster. I don't think the loss in the tournament will affect them. E, uh, they were what a two seed last year, a five seed this year. Um, I think the success of the program overall overrides a, a bad performance. Uh, you can see, uh, you can certainly sell a Big Ten tournament championship. Um, you know, and the success that Iowa had again this year being a uh, top five, uh, finishing the Big Ten regular season for, I believe, the fourth year in a row in the top five, roughly. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, those are, those are some, uh, those are some thoughts on that. I, I really don't think that the one loss to Richmond will, will hurt that much. Um, Iowa basketball, I think, will make the tournament next year. Beyond that, that's about as far as I can go until I see how, as we just talked about, how the roster fills out. Uh, I have a better idea there, but I think it's certainly a tournament-level team uh, with the foundational pieces that are coming back. Um, Football, um, I think, will be in contention to win the West again. Favorite? I don't know. It's, it's going to be them, Wisconsin, probably um, maybe Minnesota in the discussion, perhaps Purdue. Usually the West is pretty wide open, but I would guess that Wisconsin and Iowa go into the season as the favorites. Minnesota in the conversation. Who knows what you get from Nebraska. Illinois will be um, a wild card to see what Bielema does in his second year at the helm. Um, I would guess Iowa. Uh, Football is a top 25 preseason team. I do not see Iowa basketball being a top 25 preseason team. Um, so I'm not sure where Iowa probably, I would say Iowa football is in the, you know, high teens, 20s uh, to start the season um, and then go from there. But uh, kind of my thoughts on that. Appreciate the questions as always. E. Thank you for participating in our little uh, exercise here. Uh, Jason at Welch. Jason on Twitter. What are a four? Let me get. I don't know if you guys can hear uh, when my email 
um, dings, but I can hear it. It distracts me. I'm easily distracted. Uh, let's start this again. Jason at Welch Jason on Twitter asked, what are a few things you would like to see changed with the offense? And what are some things you would like to see implemented? Um, I'm, I'm assuming this is football. Um, basketball offense is pretty, <laughs> pretty good. Uh, maybe baseball's offense. I don't know. Um, no. Football wise, um, less predictability. I say that all the time. Um, it's kind of the, the bumping of the heads of the coaching staff, particularly the head coach and people who have criticisms of what they do. Head coach is very much on execution, uh, doing what they do and doing it well. Um, I just think that the margin for error, error, error I should say, E-R-R-R, not error, uh, has thinned uh, because teams are doing more now uh, to put their players in a better position to succeed just in terms of being less predictable uh, and getting into space. I still think Iowa can do what it does with power football. Um, and I don't think they have to do a ton. I mean, even the end of 2019 in the Holiday Bowl and some of the things we saw in 2020, you know, we didn't really see Wildcat in 2021, not as m- many um, jet sweeps, just some different things, just being less predictable. And I don't think that takes a ton of change or just, you know, would be a lot for the players to handle. Um, it's just being a little bit less predictable um, and, and incorporating some wrinkles more than anything else. Uh, I still think you can. Um, uh, succeed with zone blocking schemes. Uh, I think you may want to run a little bit more gap and maybe mix up blocks, blocking schemes. I think that's a way to maybe make your offense a little less predictable and a little bit more effective. Iowa had success running gap at the end of last year, particularly in the Citrus Bowl. Um, again, of course, when you're running behind the best center in the country, that also helps. Uh, so the offensive line and how that develops this spring and into the fall will determine kind of what you can do, how the growth at quarterback, uh, growth at receiver, all of those things play in. Uh, but I just would like to see the staff, the offensive staff, put the players in a better position to succeed. Um, and that's giving them uh, more tools to do so. Uh, and that is uh, in play call, making the defense react um, instead of reacting to what the defense is doing against what you want to do in your, you know, kind of downsized playbook. Um, And I know you can run variations off of different formations and and all of that stuff, but the bottom line is you have to spread the field out a little bit more. Defenses are so quick and, you know, fast and speed on the second levels, even up front at times now that, it's just it seems it, it it looks like Iowa's trying to block more guys than it's capable of blocking, and to me, that's the other team knowing what you're doing um, too often, more than it is just execution. But execution needs to be better as well if you're uh, whatever you're running. So, kind of uh, that's what I'm hoping, Jason, is that they 
do you know some more variations uh some more jet sweep actions maybe some more screen actions throwing to the running backs a little bit more misdirection you know maybe a pitch on, on a formation or you know a set that is you know used to used to running inside zone maybe throw a pitch on that we've seen that work we've seen these things do those things more often not just once in a while um make defenses react would be my guess but we'll see what happens in the fall they've got plenty of time to get there Uh, a couple more here from drake timbers and i think we're going to get out of dodge shorter podcast today um, I apologize to uh, Chad Lystico, my friend from the Gazette, or Gazette, sorry about that. Uh, that was a bad mess up. From the Des Moines Register in Hawk Central, spoke with him over at Player Availability today, and he was trying to think of a question uh, to get into the podcast, but he's probably, he works harder than me. He was there when I left, and he's probably still working uh, on doing interviews. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so... Uh, he probably isn't going to get a question in. So he's going to have to use the hashtag and maybe get in next next week. <laughs> oh, sorry, Chad. Hopefully you have a safe drive home if you're listening to this podcast on your ride home. Um, remember in 2014, Eric Johnson quit Iowa to open up a Culver's. Do you think the or- that the organs which produce human emotions pulse with energy like how hearts create electromagnetic fields what does it mean that all life forms require energy food is energy and emotions produce energy is this a culver's question drake um i i you started you started out with the eric johnson opening the culver's and then kind of veered off into um energy and human organisms needing food for energy um, I, as we ate it, tying this all back into my trip to, uh, Des Moines this weekend for, um, for club volleyball, we ate at Culver's on the way home. So it's funny. You should bring that up. I enjoy Culver's. I think the chicken strips are underrated. Do love the burgers. And that's kind of what they're known for, but really good fries, really good chicken strips there. Uh, highly recommend. But, uh, do you think the organs which produce human emotions pulse with energy, like how hearts create electromagnetic fields. I think there's a chance that could be. Um, I dealt with some emotions this weekend. I tweeted that out. But, um, you know, nothing hurts or nothing hits like when your kids are hurting. Uh, and people assumed it was a physical um, injury to one of my children, but it was more of an emotional tough time for them. And uh, to me, sometimes that hurts me more than um, physical injuries, you know, especially when my kids were little, you know, skin and knee, you put a Band-Aid on, kiss the boo-boo, all that stuff. And that's still the case. Your kids don't get hurt as much physically, <laughs> at least you hope not, uh, as they get older. Uh, my kids do uh, get dinged up uh, sometimes in playing athletics, but uh, the emotional hurt is sometimes even more difficult. Um, and it's been tougher uh, going through COVID. I think that's really changed the world and it's really changed uh, kids. It's impacted them a lot from a social standpoint and uh, been tough. So yeah, I think emotional emotion, uh, emotions are uh, uh, powerful. Um, obviously you need your heart to pump uh, 
and I get the electromagnetic field reference. Um, but I think that the emotional well-being uh, is super important as well. And um, there's a lot of energy that goes into it. So hopefully I answered that and addressed that question uh, to your liking, Drake. Uh, we'll finish up with one more from Drake. Uh, is Bertie Breck the next Jay Shield, Jay Shield, Shield Derek Willis? Spring hype all-star brought down by the hex condemning Iowa fan to the universal rule. The act, exact opposite must happen if you wish too much. <laughs> I kind of, uh, you know, those, those thoughts are always in the back of your mind that, um, you know, history, what's happened in the past, uh, like storylines, things like that. But as I've gotten older, I've done a better job of um, not always, but I try to consciously treat each story, each player, uh, each situation, in you know, on its own merit. Judge it, view it on its own merit. You know, you always have that, maybe even subconsciously, the way you look at things based on history in the past, but you try to clear your mind of those things and say, yeah, it could end up like, you know, Jay Shield and Derek Willie's. Um, and Derek Willie's been on to a pretty successful uh, time at Texas Tech and had a time in the NFL. And Jay Shield just dealt with injuries. And I think he just couldn't get through the injuries. So um, with Brody, to me, the excitement of this is his aptitude for two sports. And I wish we saw more two sport athletes. I grew up in the era of Deion Sanders and Bo Jackson. Um, I was a little older at that point, but just watching guys be able to excel at multiple sports, um, you know, people, you know, especially at the college level, it's, it's hard. It's obviously much harder to do. And, and Bo Jackson and Dion are, uh, you know, extreme examples of success at playing multiple sports. Um, but, you know, it was much more prevalent on the college level. It used to be, you know, you think of Julius Peppers. Um, and that wasn't even that long ago. Uh, it just seems like there's so much, I, I think sometimes, you know, the 24-7, 365, that some of these programs think guys need to dedicate their time to in order to achieve ultimate success, I think is overblown at times. Uh, I think it would be better to give football players a little bit more time off, especially physically and just, you know, mentally as well, but physically, you know, have them not have as much contact in football and maybe take a little bit more time off in terms of, um, and, and obviously, especially in football, you want to maximize, you know, physical growth to be able to, from a safety standpoint, to be able to play the game. Uh, but sometimes I think it's just there's too much. And I, I think it's fine for Brody to be able to play two sports. Baseball being his priority in the spring, a guy who throws mid-90s um, with an opportunity to potentially have a, a baseball career, but also potentially having a football career. We don't know, you know, where his, his development can go there. And, you know, he, he did it in the fall. He was dedicated to football. In the spring, maybe not as much development time for football. Um, 
but then I'll have the summer when he can dedicate the football and the fall the football. I, I just, I hope both programs are able to help him develop and maximize his potential in both sports. Uh, I would hate to see, um, you know, there be any type of pull there. It's a, it's a good relationship right now between the two programs and the two coaching staffs. And I hope that continues because I think the kid has potential to contribute to both programs uh, in the future. He's obviously contributing to baseball now, but he has some serious potential on the football field as well. He just, if you look at Brody Beck, he looks like an athlete. I'm fortunate enough to interview him down at state track and watch him run down there. He's just a very gifted athlete. Uh, and the baseball skills are uh, somewhat of a, a interesting dynamic because, you know, not baseball players aren't always the best athletes. I think it's becoming more that way, um, but it's more of a, a stationary um, hand-eye coordination type of a sport where you don't have to be in tip-top physical shape to have success. It helps, obviously, uh, but I think that athleticism that makes him succeed on the track or in football helps him also in terms of playing baseball. So, um, yeah, I hope that works out. And, you know, in the 2023 class, we have Ben Keeter from Iowa City, City High, who's going to try to wrestle and play football, which will be a, even more interesting because the wrestling season coincides with the end of the football season, you know, and training. And then the winter strength and conditioning program for football is in the heart of the wrestling season. So interested to see how those two uh, coaching staffs handle uh, how Ben Keeter's development happens on the next level. Because it'd be awesome. It'd be awesome to see guys and gals play multiple sports uh, at the college level and find success. Uh, those are exciting people to watch when you watch people that can perform at a high level, succeed at a high level playing multiple sports. So I'm a big fan of that. Hopefully uh, that continues. Uh, what's not going to continue is this podcast because I am out of questions and comments for the day. Appreciate everybody checking in with their questions. As I said before, um, hashtag HF mail anytime during the week, anytime you're hearing this before I record the next one next Tuesday, which would be April the 12th, I believe. Uh, anytime before that, HF mail questions, comments, and I'll hit them up on the next podcast. Wanted to thank our sponsors, Edward Jones, Wild Rose Casino, and Systems Unlimited. Appreciate all of their support for our podcast. Please uh, check those folks out. We appreciate them being able to, uh, or supporting us so we can bring you the content. Uh, we have a, a daily Hawkeye, during the week anyway, five-day-a-week podcast here on this podcast for you. Uh, and we won't be able to do that with the support, without the support of our sponsors. So thank, thank you to, again, Edward Jones, Wild Rose Casino, and Systems Unlimited. Thank you guys for your questions and comments. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your week, and we will talk to you soon.